Welcome to the Pack and Prom Podcast. Thanks for coming on or hanging out. Uh, please welcome come on, come on my, my guest this week, Mr. Charlie DeRochers and Marianne Smith. Did I say that right, DeRochers? DeRochers, you said it perfect. Well, you, you, uh, you took the wrong way to say it, the right way to say it. You, you just met it in the middle, and it's exactly how I say it. All right, great. <laughs> uh, so what, what I understand is that you guys are... Well, a couple, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they just started holding hands. Uh, I actually didn't know you were a couple. Oh. That's adorable. Uh, <laughs> but you guys work primarily out of the, the iOS, I believe? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Uh, and you're currently doing a two-person show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we do uh, two-person shows. We just started booking those uh, this year. We, like you said, we're a couple. Uh, we've been dating now for about six months. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I've been uh, petrified up until now to perform with her. Uh, and I don't know why. We we kind of have this conversation, and it's just, just like you won't even talk to me about it. It's I don't know. It's like a fe- you know what? It's because like I don't want to. I don't want to let her down oh. on stage. You know. I believe that. I don't want her to be disappointed in me. <laughs> oh that's beautiful. That I mean, that's actually if you think about it. That's the way like everyone should play on stage. Uh, I actually remember. There's a guy in Chicago by the name of T.J. Jagodowski, who, one of the things I remember him saying, as, as, as a way of saying it, I just thought, that's a really nice way of saying that, and it's very much toward what you're saying, like, you should play with the person you're on stage with like you have a crush on them. Oh. oh. Well. Right? That you, you want to take care of them. You yes. want to make sure mm-hmm. everything goes well. Uh, so I can a- absolutely understand that fear. Uh, it's funny, I think, I, you know, I've... I felt a, a similar thing just with, with almost anyone. Like, if, if I play with Heather, I, I don't want to disappoint her. Mm-hmm. I, I want her to have a good time and all that. Uh, at the same time, screw her. Sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she's, she's a pain. Uh, <laughs> so, you, you're doing two person. How, how long have you been doing the two person? We just started this. Yeah, uh, our first show was um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And, but the thing is, we that was the first time we had done the two person on stage we're constantly doing bits with each other in the car we're insufferable it's really awesome (laughs) but we actually our second date was right here in the theater exactly yeah it was a show I was performing with a bunch with this uh, group I have called Unlikely Animal Friends and I remember remember booking them she uh, she showed up like I just wanted to watch because like so I say our first date was me watching her perform she says our first day was her watching me perform the very next day, and <laughs> which one was here? This is the set. This is when That's I was performing. That's the important one. That's yeah. the Magic the Pack Theater, right? Yeah. That's right. And I was like, Ah, uh, do you? And you know what it was? I didn't want you to see me perform. Oh. So like, if she's on stage with me, she'll have uh, <laughs> she'll have a more work. biased opinion of how the show went. <laughs> and it turns out that day, um, I think one of the one of the members had like. Wasn't there, and they just wanted like extra people. Yeah. And a couple of people in the um, in the group were friends of mine that I played with before. So they like, just want to play. I was like, sure, I'll play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a nightmare. Just like you're on your first date, all of a sudden, all of your friends know your date more than you. And not only that, they've performed improv with her, and now you're the odd man out on this, and you're trying desperately to take her home at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone, <laughs> for, for everyone listening to this, just just to be clear, these two people are 
probably even more adorable to watch <laughs> than they are to listen to. Uh, oh God, you so, so, so <laughs> ridiculously like each other. Uh, so let's let's move away from you two. Okay, okay that's fine. Just slightly, just slightly away from you two. Uh, how long have you been uh, studying it, bro? Uh, I'm just a baby. I'm, I've been doing, I'm coming up on my two years now. Um, I just I uh, I got into IO last uh, I guess two Januarys ago, and I just went all the way through and I started performing with indie teams, uh, but mostly by Polar Bear. And we we have a show every other week at IO, and uh, I you know then of course through IO they they kind of nurture who they choose to nurture, and I got on the New Forms team. Then now I'm on a uh, incubator herald team there so i've just been i mean I, I just love improv i'm one of those dudes that just hasn't taken a break from it since they started and like i said i'm a baby so i still yeah two I, years in is pretty new yeah but he doesn't play like that he plays like he knows what he's doing ah she she's only saying Defend, that she's defending you because of course she is yeah uh and you? How long you been? Um, about five and a half years. Uh, five and a half years? Uh, yeah. Um, I started at, um, out of Phoenix at a short form theater called National Comedy Theater. Okay. And I also studied at the Torch Theater, which is a long form theater there. Um, yeah, I've been out to Phoenix for the, the festival. It's a lot of fun. We're actually, my team, Melissa, is actually playing the Phoenix Improv Festival in April. So, really excited about that. They always do a great job down there. Yeah, they're wonderful. Um, taking care of the people. And all yeah, that. they're giving us like free time in a hotel. I've never had that for a festival before. It's really great. It's so. pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, so I was at uh, the National Comedy Theater for six months, and then I decided, fuck it, I'm moving to LA because fuck it, you know. I came out and did an audition for the Groundlings, and I got in the Groundlings program, went through basic, and then I was like, I need a more nurturing environment, so I went over to IO. Um, went through IO. Uh, I took a couple of breaks because um, I'm, I'm a video editor by day and it's like sometimes I get home at like 1230 at night and I just want to go to sleep. Right. So it but was, then she fights crime. Yeah. So that's what, you But so so I um, I've been doing it for like yeah five and a half years just playing Festivals, lots of festivals. My team, Melissa, has gone over like all over the place. The farthest we went with this year was Detroit, and it was so fun. What's the name of the group? Melissa. It's Melissa, the name Melissa, right. with an exclamation point and a question mark. Okay. <laughs> and who's in that? It's myself and Valerie Vasilis and okay. uh, Christina Lopez. Okay. Yeah. Lots of fun. So you guys can travel with that? T- traveling. Um, rehearsing, doing all that kind of stuff, and it's just so much fun. I just have an absolute blast with them. Uh, we've been, we haven't been Melissa for five years, but I've been playing with them for five years in different capacities, so. It's like I'm, I'm sitting here just feeling older and older. <laughs> uh, it's like, all right, one, it's young love. Oh. <laughs> young love, which is always beautiful. Uh, and plus, you know, two years to five years, mm-hmm. from my perspective, is just is brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually trying, I'm wondering what to ask you and how, how I would ask it to you by comparison. Cause like when, when, when I came to, there was much less opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for you guys, there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, what have you been finding is perhaps the benefit of having so much opportunity to be able to play? Uh, well, I mean, of course, I mean, it's the reps, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, also finding the community. There's a... Uh, because I mean, when the entry level is so when it's so easy to enter into 
improv, then like you find the people that are serious about it. And sure, like more people means there's more people that are just gonna fall by the wayside. But at least you're around the people that are serious about it, rather than everyone looking at the main stage of UCB or I.O. and going, well, I don't know how I'm going to get there, so let's not even try. Right. You know, these people are trying, and you, you know. Well, the first thing you do, you, you <laughs> see that, and you go, all right, I, I want that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, as, as, as Heather would say, what's required? <laughs> what gets me from here to that? Yeah. Because it's all, it's all doable. Absolutely. I find that I love the fact that there are so many people... Um, like yourself and like just people that have been doing it for such a long time that I get to play with them and that's how I learn. I learned by playing with like people that have been doing a lot longer than me and also people that have not done it as long as I have because you learn different techniques and just I have fun in both aspects and I love being taken care of so it's so it's so fun to just like play with somebody who just it's like, here's the volleyball, just hit it, you know? So, it's fun. Yeah, it's so fun. And also it's like it's it makes it it kind of makes it harder, you know, because when you're able to go on stage every week at like, you know, these places in L.A. like the Clubhouse or Impro Labs or the Inner Sanctum or wherever, uh, <coughs> then you have more opportunity for people to just not show up. <laughs> but then but that's where the hard work comes in. You actually do show up to those shows and you do like it's it, just because the the time on stage is available doesn't mean it's any easier to do, you know? <laughs> right, but that's, it's funny because I've gone through that in a lot of ways. Like when I moved from Chicago out to LA about, oh shit, 15 years ago. Uh, the, the audiences in LA hadn't been built as much. And, and the scene in LA isn't, still isn't like Chicago. Chicago audiences laugh at mistakes. Mm -hmm. They're so into it. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's because we built that audience over years. Uh, a bunch of theaters in Chicago did. Uh, and out here, that really, that's still been in progress, but it's changed a lot. But when I got out here, I went from playing to, you know, sold out houses there every night in Chicago where they laughed at everything, to it's like, oh, you got to earn this shit again. Right. And I was actually, I was kind of like, that's actually kind of cool. You know, it's, it's like, all right, take a, take a hit and realize, all right, the, the, you, you got to really get them again. So you had to, mm -hmm. you had to learn to work again. Uh, and I've also been to the place where it's just like, I'm not playing for fucking four people. Right. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm going to just, just cancel the goddamn show. <laughs> right? Right now, to be fair, for those listening, there are exactly four people here. Uh, but we've done a lot of sets and shows here on, on the podcast where we're for tiny, tiny yeah. crowds. And I actually have always enjoyed it. And so much more so than when I was in the place when I didn't want to play for a small house. Uh, that was that was on me. That was in, in my head. Whereas now, like I'm just gonna, we're gonna talk for a while, and then we're gonna do a set, and I'm mm -hmm. just gonna have fun because that, yeah. that's that's my play. Yeah. Right. right. It's like you guys were saying. I think outside briefly, you were saying this is what you do for fun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like like I said, we have like day jobs that kind of sometimes mine sucks the life out of me, mm -hmm. and like I don't have. Um, I don't have fun. I come home and I'm like, God, fucking damn it, like I just want to fucking drink or something. Mm -hmm. But instead of doing that, I make a healthy choice and I, you know, I, I do improv with my boyfriend. Exactly. So you can do both. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably came to the worst possible <laughs> for what you're talking about. Uh, Today on the podcast, Marianne, <laughs> <laughs> now you you both also seem nervous. 
Right? But like, you're fucking miles strong. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you say you say that we're, to, you say that to anyone. I mean, almost. I mean, thank you. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I don't wake up in the morning any different. I mean, when I look in the mirror, I don't say that's fucking miles strong. <laughs> I say, who's that old fucking man who stole my young personhood? Oh, uh, don't aw that. <laughs> And laugh at it. I'm trying to be funny. I don't want to get awed. Oh, and oh, 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 uh, <clears throat> no, I mean, I just... We're just very excited. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're all in the same, you know, thing. We, we, all, all of us here at this table, we love improv. We love the idea of it. We love studying it. Mm-hmm. We love the play. We love thinking about it. Uh, this is what we do for fun. We're all in the same... Uh, I, I always see it as we're all, we're all in the same process. We're just at different places right now. Uh, and those places are, are all related because when I was two years in, it was a very different world than it is now. Uh, but I still remember a lot of it. I mean, I remember sucking for a long time. I sucked for a good solid four years. Uh, but I remember, you know, it's, it's, so like when we play, and we'll be playing shortly, we will all be equals. Right? It's just, just three people on stage fucking around. And I can I can see that by like I can see that by looking at you like I can see in your eyes that you've got that look of like it doesn't matter what I I Marianne do you're going to you're going to keep us safe and like there's no danger <laughs> <laughs> like and that's what the best improvisers do is like you cannot you literally there's no and you'll way keep to me fail. safe yeah. you'll keep me safe just because you'll be you'll, we'll all be listening and reacting. Right. right, and we'll all be trying to make sense out of whatever nonsense we put on the table. Uh, <clears throat> there's no, there's to me, it's like the, the fears people have are so useless in improv because mm-hmm. they're, they're really the, one of the things you learn so true. Er, 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 early on is like, all right, well, one, you're gonna fail. That's an exercise in failure. Yeah. Every show you do, you're gonna fail because you always do it on something better. Right, there's no perfect show. Uh, so the fear of failure is ridiculous. It's expected that you're going to fail. Uh, so once you once you really sink your teeth into that, it's like, oh, so failure isn't something to be feared. Failure is something to be expected and to learn from. There's just no better teacher than really fucking sucking it one night. Because you won't enjoy that. Uh, and your brain will go, let's not do that again. God damn. How many times have I walked out of a show and got done like... Oh, wow, I hated that so much. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I do another show, I'm like, oh man, I rule. <laughs> I'm so smart. And then the next day I'm like, god damn it. Like, <laughs> the worst, you know, it just, it's cyclical. It's, like, it's all hills and valleys. For sure. Like, when you hit a low, you realize, like, I mean, I when I hit a shitty night, I know the next few shows are just going to only get better and what makes me feel good is after those nights I'm, I'll look back and be like well at least it wasn't as bad as my shitty show two months ago mm-hmm. so my shitty shows are exponentially getting better I, I think the, the old saying and probably no one bats a thousand yeah that's right but it, and you start when you start playing maybe you bat you know 50 or something yeah you suck you don't, you don't bat mm-hmm. the first two shows I did I didn't speak <laughs> Uh, I got put in a Herald team. I did two shows, did the back line, took a bow, thank my parents for coming. Uh, <laughs> this is what I'm doing, Ma. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so but you, you improve you improve your batting percent. So you mm. so eventually the the good outweighs 
the frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always, to me, if you're not, if I'm not failing in some way every time I play, in my mind, I'm not risking. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I just do what I know I can do and play it safe mm-hmm. all the time, uh, then I'm not still moving forward. And as an improviser, you always want to be moving forward. I see it's, it's a personal mm-hmm. journey. You know, it's like, I, I don't want to, I mean, I, I'm definitely as good as I probably need to be, but not as good as I want to be. Because mm-hmm. uh, I see places where I can improve. So you, you, you keep working, you keep failing. And what's funny, the longer you do it, is you'll realize <laughs> the mistakes we make are all almost all the same. Yeah. It all comes back to, yeah. I didn't hear something, yeah. mm-hmm. or I overinvented. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's all the same basic mistakes we made. Uh, and this one, because I, mean, I, I wind up saying this a lot on this podcast, because I think all of that comes back to people don't listen because they're, they're worried. Uh, and they overinvent because they're worried. And what are they worried about? They're worried they're not enough. At some level, they're worried they're not enough. So anybody ever cried on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Every time. <laughs> <laughs> For a variety of reasons. Uh, that, 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 that's one of the, the primary lessons, I think. It was, it was interesting. Me and, I think, Derek Miller were having a conversation last week, and he was talking about what's the future of improv. Because we still want to push forward. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not done. Uh, and he was saying the future was a return to form, which I think is, is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was funny because my instinct was that the future is to, is to focus on the individual. Uh, to focus, I mean, because I think, you know, the form or forms or whatever new form you might try to organize or structure is going to be there, but it's going to come down to who are the people doing that form. And I think the more we make improv about basically, you know, fixing that part of us that is broken, mm-hmm. that's what it feels like in a way. Like I remember, because like, when I started, you know, I wasn't good, and in a way, part of me was broken. It wasn't working the way yeah. I wanted it to work, and so I fixed that. And in fixing that, that you know, that reflected back on my life. Uh, so I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I still have a lot more thinking to do on that, but I, I, I like the idea of. I mean, I, I like the idea of, of return to more form. I think what he was talking about, there's a lot of improv out there where it's just, you know, it's just free form. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just basically a, a montage. Uh, and I'm like, all right, a montage can be great. If you're great. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, like, like when me and Heather play, we have no form. Except that we both, between us, we have, I don't know, 50 years of experience <laughs> playing forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Our formal knowledge is there. Right. We don't need a form because we're basically able to piece one together out of anything. Uh, so I think, I think a lot of what goes on right now is this sort of like we're not going to learn forms because we can just play without a form. Right. It's like yeah, but you should learn those forms exactly. first. That's yeah. what I was going to say because um, I mean, in your training, when you first start training, they kind of. They don't hit you over the head with forms, but they emphasize this is important to know. It's like mm-hmm. it's like learning your ABCs. You know, you got to learn the alphabet before you learn to read. Yeah. So it's it's more like, hey, learn the Herald. Hey, learn Pretty Flower. Hey, learn this, that, the other thing. But also remember that it's improv and it can kind of go wherever it wants. I remember being in a level six Herald class. And my teacher was Levin O'Connor, and he was. We were doing a herald, and I remember somebody stopped in the middle and was kind of like, "This isn't, you know, to see or whatever the hell it was." Uh, and and Levin was like, "Let the herald go where the herald's gonna go," yeah. you know, like right. it's, 
kids. Like some, I think sometimes people forget that where um, they're just so focused on we got to do this beat, the next beat, and the next mm-hmm. beat, and they're not like enjoying and being being in the moment and being a part of like where this form is taking. Right. It's, it's funny because this is so on my mind <laughs> right now, just because currently in the community there's a bit of discussion going on about rules versus no rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think Ian Roberts just did a, a lengthy discussion on Earwolf. You can hear it on 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 that. Uh, where he talks about you know his thing rules versus no rules, and I, I pretty much wind up agreeing uh, with, with with Ian in the sense that you need a methodology. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like I think, I, I think if, when people hear rules, they think oh it's a rule. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a it's a limiting thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think if a rule is limiting you, then it's probably not a good rule, or you're looking at it wrong. To me, and because there's no rule in improv that isn't breakable. Mm-hmm. Right, you, you take easy. You know, there's no improv police that are going to take you off the stage. And there's a couple. <laughs> you want to avoid those guys. I'm not, they've been in my audience. <laughs> but but the, you know, the, the idea being that rules are guidelines. You take any rule like the rule like you're not supposed to argue. Yeah. Right. But then you look in the scene like Monty Python's. I'm here to buy an argument. Mm-hmm. Which it, it seems to break every improv yeah. rule in the book. But that's yeah. because. You know, not arguing isn't an absolute. There is no absolute rule. Uh, aside from like, yeah, we're going to get on the stage. I mean, I mean, you could argue, what can I, can I just shit on stage every night? Yeah. All right, if I need to make that, if I need to say that, if I need to, you know, it's just, I've always said like, you can you can fix almost any move on stage, but if someone is just hell bent on fucking up a scene, yeah. they're going to get there. Uh, because you can constantly just switch and negate and be a prick. Mm-hmm. But the basic stuff, it's like you don't argue, that's not an absolute, it's a great rule, it's a great guideline. It's a great, yeah, it's better not to argue most of the time. But sometimes you're supposed to argue. Sometimes it's called for. Uh, you don't want to be constantly agreeing with somebody, it's so fucking boring, you know? Like, unless it's heightened. Yes. Well, it, it, it depends, what's the agreement? The agreement <laughs> in, the, in that Monty Python scene is that this guy's not gonna get what he wants. Mm. Right, that's the agreement. Mm-hmm. The agreement isn't the words. The words are actually working in support of this underlying agreement, which is this guy's getting screwed. Uh, Monty Python is the best. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Monty Python is the best. And I sent an open invitation. Anyone from Monty Python? Hey! Who wants to show up and, and do the podcast? <laughs> but yeah, so I'm because I, I absolutely, I, I think most people who, who say, you know, no rules mm-hmm. are either good enough, maybe, where they already know a shitload of rules and have been informed by them and their reaction is trained with them that they no longer need to focus on them, right? Uh, or there are people who don't know any rules and just don't want to learn them. Yeah. Because uh, to me, it's like, if, if you don't know any rules, what, what, do, you, what do you do? Yeah. Right. Uh, you can have stage and what? Uh, and to me, I, I, think what it, I think it's a semantic thing, which Ian was talking about in his, in his podcast, I believe. Which is, you know, it's everything's because if you say you don't have to focus on, say, say the game, everyone's afraid of the game sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. The game of the scene is confusing and hard. It's not, it's not at all. Uh, but it's like, no, just focus on your emotion. You just gave them a rule. Mm-hmm. You just gave them a guideline, right? Start a character with a physicality or something. That's a, all right. There's a guideline. There's yeah. a rule yeah. because that person has figured out in the past that that was a useful thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Karen so, Gracchi is like my favorite when it comes to this. <coughs> that's her like that's her go-to thing. Is like start with a physicality, and that's that's my thing. So that's what that's like it clicks immediately. So when she said that, that's exactly how I start every single one of my characters. It's just like a hmm, or just mm. something real small. Like Hmm, I was, I'm always smoking a cigarette or something. Like that. <laughs> and, and that is a fine way to get to a character. There's all kinds of different rules, right? And guidelines. And every I think what frustrates people is when they learn a new one, it fucks them up. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I just learned a new rule, and now and I always think it's so unfair in my class because I my class is so information heavy, and I always say, here's a shitload of rules. Now don't think about it. Mm-hmm. and just play which of course you can't initially you have to think about them because you have to make them part of it uh, but the ultimate goal is to not think about them and it is attainable we already know that mm-hmm. because there was a time when you first learned yes and and you no longer think I have to yes and remember the gift giving game like I'm giving you this box I remember I used to be petrified of the three the three line game where you just go out oh, say one they say one you say something I was so horrified that I would say the wrong thing that was a BOC. He was my level one teacher. He's my level one. And of course, and of course, he's probably the best level one teacher to have he's because he, he's the one that tells you shut the fuck up and stop worrying about this. Yeah. I hated all the. Yeah, yeah I hated. I'll go with hated. Uh, <laughs> all the you know, warm up games. Yeah. I've never liked warm up games because they always struck me as an exercise in trying to be cute or mm-hmm. clever. Yeah. Uh, some were better. Like, the, the ones I liked were more just like, all right, let's all move in a sound or something, or let, let's try and do something smart. But when it came down to just playing a cute, uh, some sort of cute little game, it was the one thing that, it, it was the one thing in improv that made me feel stupid. I hate it too, Miles. I hate it so much. Like, I don't get it a lot of the times, and it just makes me mad before the show. I'm like, I don't want to warm up. Like, I don't want to warm up with you guys and do all this stupid shit. Like, let me get on the fucking stage and do it myself. Here's the thing, like, I, 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 I had to do this. And I also don't want to judge what exactly. clever shit they're coming up with. But if you're on ensemble and they want to warm up, you should warm up with them. Because the, what's good, what's the good of the group is what should come first in, in that instance. However, you can also find an ensemble that doesn't like to warm up, yeah. yes. which is... Melissa likes to slap each other in the Boom. Right. Right in the privates. Right in the front part. Yeah, right in the front part. That's our warm-up. That's a weird warm-up. I'm a firm believer in just asking people what they've done the week before. Because that's exactly what's going to feed into what they're doing on stage. I think you can warm up any way you want. There's something that Mick Napier said a long time ago. Mick should pay me a stipend for how many times I mentioned him on the I learned... I, I learned from the guy, and it's funny because he—he's one of the voices coming down like against rules, it, and it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's interesting, because uh, you know, all right, I'm not—I'm not gonna get into that. But the thing he said, which I always struck me, was like, wow, that's just a great thing. Is high energy is just a decision. Mm-hmm. You just decide to have high high energy. Yeah. Uh, we all know that once the show starts, there it is. Your energy is up. I, I don't need to clap and point at you uh, <laughs> to get my energy. <laughs> I like as someone who's sort of kind of in it right now because like because like I'm I'm still kind of going through that nurturing stage where they want to teach you all the forms and I'm eventually going to make my way through your school because it's just it's like the master's class everything else is like the bachelor's um, yes, yes. <laughs> well said Charles and, and, uh, 
<laughs> but like a lot of people, I feel like one, they use the form as a crutch because they don't feel comfortable enough to go away from Like I, I trained in jazz before I ever did improv and it's just improv, but with your fingertips and your, and your music and like you have piano players that used to sing while they played because right. their vocals would influence what their fingers would do. And that's like, that's, I mean, it all just comes out of your gut and then basically practice and everything. And music's a great uh, analogy because you, if you're, you're going to play jazz, yeah. you don't start with, I'm just going to play some jazz, <laughs> right? Because there's a whole shitload of theory and history and things to be learned. But the instrument you happen to be playing for one, mm-hmm. uh, you don't just say, all right, now I'm, because basically, you know, to me, jazz strikes me as like, as like a, 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 a free ac- exploration of an already established uh, set of music. Like, here, music is set. It's math, right? It's like, all right, so here, but you have to understand all that before you can fuck with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it has to be another simple way. It says, all right, you want to get rid of the rules? Fine, just learn them all first. Exactly. Right? Uh, and learn what's useful to you. Some rules you will be able to lay. That, that rule's not useful to me. That guideline doesn't work for me. Sometimes it's just saying it differently. Sometimes you want to hear, start with a physicality or start in your environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you want to hear, start with an idea. It's like whatever works for you right now, that's the guideline that you should go with, right? And you try the other guidelines. You try them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it also say, works the same way with like notes like from an instructor. If you get a note that you... I, I once had an instructor say, if, you, if I give you a note and you like have a guttural response that you disagree with it, if you're, then, then you can like... Choose to, choose to ignore it, but know that I gave you that note. Right. So it's like, sure. Well, it's like a, the instructor may be right. Yeah. Right? But you, 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 all you have to do is acknowledge that, all right, he thought that or she thought that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but yeah, if someone said something to me and I had a visceral reaction, I fucking hate you. Uh, then, I, then I think there's something, well, there's something to that note then, probably, yeah. because one, it really pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, that person just might be a jack. That's for us to figure out. Uh, all right. Any questions before we do our set? Yeah. 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 Hi. Hi. Um, so I feel like right now where I'm at, so it can go either way. So if I'm in a class and it's like this is what we're focusing on, um, and then two people go up and I can see if they don't get the note. Like I can be like, oh, yeah, well, that's what you should have done. But mm-hmm. then I'll go up and I'll fuck up too. Mm-hmm. Um, or you'll be watching a show and easy for you to sit in the audience and be like, oh, that just got yes. missed. But when I go up on stage, I still fuck that up yeah. too. So I don't even know how to ask this, but it's like, how do you, how, how do you not do that? How do you combat that? Like, we, how do we, you... we do a thing where we squeeze each other's hands when we, when we yeah. see bad moves on stage. Or something <laughs> And I feel like I'm squeezing his hand, like, I'm just... And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm, like, squeezing right back. And, like, but, yeah, no, you can't. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's that kind of, like, cool, <clears throat> groovy thing of just, like, you're not... Like, yeah, you may see it, but they don't see it. And when you get on stage, you're going to make the same mistakes. And but that's totally something. okay. And it, it's yeah. the same reason why you don't go up to someone after a show and give them notes they didn't ask for. Because, you know, we're all going to make that, those mistakes. And, and it's cool. It's I think fun. it just mm-hmm. comes from, like, being really comfortable with, like, just the way that you're playing. No matter what level you're at. Like, just being, just getting up there and just doing whatever you can. Because, like Miles said, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fail. And it's, like, being okay with that is fucking huge mm-hmm. and it takes it takes forever right. i'm still definitely not okay and that's it. when you have the most fun too yeah. like when i have the most fun is when Absolutely. i say i don't give a shit if i'm gonna make a mistake i think my <laughs> best improv show that's 
funny. I'm going to do an aside. We actually met at an improv show that I was doing, mm -hmm. and I was sick. I was so sick. I didn't even. I almost didn't even go. And I just didn't even care. I was dressed in pajamas, and like my hair looked like crap. And I did the best show I've ever done. So it's like a thing of like not caring, I guess. Yeah. Which yeah. is funny because like this is another aside, and, and Miles is going to throw up a little bit in his mouth. But uh, we, I like I was coming off of like this like this music festival and getting drunk and, and doing some drugs and and, and so I, I come like, <laughs> I come to this same show and I'm feeling like shit. I almost pulled out at the last minute and said, Hey everyone, go have a great show. I turned out having a great show. So good that she turns to her <laughs> she turns to her uh, her teammates and goes, Hey, kid guy in the glasses, I'm gonna get him. That's what I said. <laughs> and here we are. Uh. <laughs> But it's like, but it's like, it's here funny. we come. So here we are, full circle. Yeah. Back to you turned the cool improv story into more adorable. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you guys, this. Well, I feel like, which is I, great. I feel like improv and, and just life in general follow very similar parallels. Whereas as soon as you stop trying to force one or the other, that's when it actually starts to turn out for you. I, mean, I had tried to be in a meaningful relationship for years, and it wasn't until I just kind of gave up and was happy with myself. I found this one over here, and it's been great. And I think I feel it's exactly how improv goes. It's a very long answer. I think no, I guess. <laughs> a lot of it makes sense. You know, to me, you identify the difference between who you are sitting in the audience and when you're on stage. Now, to, like for me, I'm never quite myself on stage. I, I become someone else, and that actually helps me to not worry about what I might think. I think on stage we fuck up because we're worried. Right, we go back to the same basic worries, uh, and that's when we don't listen as well, right? And we miss stuff, and that's when we make those those mistakes. Uh, you you learn to accept that you know, and the more you do it, the more it will come. You try you try and beat it into your head because the day is coming. The day is coming when when you're going to be like, you know what, fuck it, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to do whatever I do, and then you're going to be there. Yeah. Right. Until that day, you're going to do a shitload of shows where you're gonna be thinking and worried and self-conscious and basically giving a fuck. Uh, God, so you, nice to not give a fuck. Well, you, you, yeah, you try and reach a place where you got no fucks left to give. Uh, <laughs> nice. All right, let's do a set. Let's Yay! do it. Charlie and Marianne are gonna do a, about 25 minutes of long form for you and all we need to get us started is a suggestion of anything at all. Rickshaw. 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 The first thing I heard. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, well, one of us has to pull it. <laughs> I shall try. I am not going to let a woman be the one to pull it. Okay. Oh, that's very... That's we, very high and mighty of you. I can do things. Yeah, no, you're not going to volunteer, but you're not going to do things. I'm just being a gentleman. You're clearly the weakest of the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Make that pouty gesture. Well, I never. All right. I'm the strongest, and I should probably pull the rickshaw, but I don't want to. <laughs> that leaves you. <laughs> That leaves you, Daniel. Well, well, goddammit, Craig, if I don't want to pull the rickshaw, why should I pull the rickshaw when you shouldn't? 
pull the rickshaw. It's already been decided. I volunteer to pull the rickshaw. Daniel's pulling the rickshaw. It's been decided. I laid out a flawless chain of logic that brought us to that conclusion. When we went triple on this rickshaw, I didn't think I'd be the one pulling it most days. (laughs) By the way, I still have that money. (laughs) Because there's no one here to actually pay for it because there's no one here to pull the rickshaw. We're not supposed to be in here right now. So, quickly, pull the rickshaw, pull us away. Like, I don't know, are there, I've never, I've never driven a rickshaw before. Is it, does it have gears? Hey, there's someone in the rickshaw, there's someone in the rickshaw store. Oh, God. Someone, someone's taking the rickshaw. Thank God, somebody's taking the rickshaw. Someone's taking the rickshaw. Oh my God, I got, this is, We've been trying to give the rickshaw away for a Why are you giving the rickshaw away? No one one can pull it. No one can pull it. No, we left it out in the rain that one time. Just rusted up. It's sad. You have a one rickshaw. Mm -hmm. And we just can't take care of it. A whole store. Just one rickshaw. Don't don't (laughs) even ask what happened to my dog. You can't. Now I have to ask. It died. I kicked it hard. And yes. we left it out in the rain. Wait, 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 wait. You, you said don't ask what happened to my dog. Did you kick it to death? Yeah. <laughs> I can't have nice things. I'm, I regret when you move into this area. Because <laughs> you take a whole store and you put it in one rickshaw. Mm-hmm. You have a dog. Seemed like a nice dog to me. I thought you <laughs> kicked it to death. Yeah. That dog was you bad people. I thought this could bad be a run. People. I really thought this could be a one Rick town, town, rickshaw town. And no, there's no. thousands of rickshaw in this town. Thousands. No. You, you had a, a bad dream. You had a bad dream. You come here, open rickshaw store with one rickshaw. You should have seen what we did to our parents. Why do you keep saying things like that? Because I'm not. <laughs> you did something terrible to your parents. What'd you do to your parents? You didn't feed them. You just, you just stopped feeding your parents. Yeah, we actually took food away from them too. You, you terrible. Like they, would, they would go to the grocery store. You terrible slap people. It out of the hand, and then our dog would eat it, and that's why we kicked it. Oh, you, yeah, you yeah, kicked the dog because he's trying to have the starving parents. <laughs> you need to leave now. You need, I, you leave the store. You leave this place. Luck. You know. You just lock me in my own store. <laughs> you, you come in my. I try to help. I try and help. Tell you someone. Why you? Why you? Are you cutting or tying? Why you doing? Tying this? you up. Right. She's tying you with a knife. A Sorry. very loose knife. Look. See, you. I stab small stabbings, so you don't notice it until you've lost all the blood. Yeah. And then you cut lemons and you. I learned. I learned years ago. How to control blood flow. <laughs> my blood is not flow right now. It stays still so it don't run out of my body. That's right, because I am I am from the Orient. Somewhere else unspecific in the Orient. Where we are rickshaw. Oh, like Siam. And now I disappear. <gasps> Rickshaw seems broken. It's oh, oh boy. 
boy. You said, oh boy. <laughs> Seems like this rickshaw is a little heavy. I'm not going to say. That's because there's two of us sitting in it. I mean, it gained a lot of weight. But it feels to me, it feels like it's not moving. It should roll a bit on its own. It's not moving at all. Well, maybe if someone didn't watch so much. All right, let's have a look. Trumpets. Let's have a look. Excuse me. He just called you. He just called you fat. I did did call you fat. Excuse me. You are excused. Anyway. Do not. Hold on. Do not talk to me about Downton Abbey. All right? Oh, we're not having a Downton Abbey conversation, are we? No, I this is our ass being big conversation. Oh, you didn't. You shan't. I shouldn't. You did. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I, watched, I don't know what you're talking about. I watched too much Downton Abbey and to eat too many crumpets. Yes, he, he said that. He said you're fat. Yes. <laughs> he outright called you fat. I would never do that. You've chosen poorly. She did. I know. I will not come between the two of you, though, even though he clearly just said you were fat. Because that would be the gentlemanly thing to do. Do you think I'm fat? Or do you think I'm pleasantly plump? <laughs> there's no there's no good answer to that. There's no... You, you put me in... Do you think I'm fat? Or do you think I'm pleasantly plump? I think... I think that's a question that... That your husband should answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think I've answered Well played me. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> made the wrong choice. Yeah, uh, this current episode of Downtown Abbey oh. seems seems really fucked. <laughs> well, you see, we, we've just tried to stretch the season out to, uh, uh, you know, a typical 30-episode arc, and, uh, gosh, Darren, if we didn't run out of ideas... No, it's the sixth so, season, we're trying to end it. So, mm-hmm. so three side characters who mm-hmm. we've never heard of before... Nope. ...go somewhere in China, mm-hmm. open up a rickshaw store... Yes. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. I mean, I'm just trying to follow this again. See, what we're, 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 we're trying there to was do is couple. There, there was an American couple that opened a rickshaw store somewhere in China with a single rickshaw. Yeah. Right. right? With three people, side characters from downtown Abbey, went there, broke into that one particular store. True. And argued about who would pull the others out of the store. Exactly. Meanwhile, across the street, mm-hmm. <coughs> our American owners of said store mm-hmm. uh are confronted by a really stereotypical Asian man. From the Orient. <laughs> yes. It's from the Orient. Yes. It's, it's, I think that, that feeds right into the way he was played. <laughs> from the Orient. Has <laughs> racist. <coughs> yeah. Uh, that was racist. Uh, his portrayal was racist. His reasoning was sound. Very. Uh, that couple was horrible. The most interesting thing in there was what was going on with that American couple and the ho- horrible things they were doing to their parents and their dog. And wouldn't you want to see another <coughs> season of this? No, <laughs> no, I would, I would not. I would stop watching that show somewhere right after it started. I think I know what happened here. This is Downtown Abbey. It's not Downton Abbey. Downtown Abbey has a different script. Downtown Abbey is. The downtown version of Downton Abbey. 
I don't know what the hell It's the fucked up version. <laughs> Downtown Abbey is a city, it's a, it's a place in England. Downtown Abbey is downtown. You get it? What show do we write for? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we wrote for Green Arrow. Oh. We're supposed to be writing for Green Arrow? I thought. We really fucked this up. Okay. <laughs> Alright, this has nothing to do with Green Arrow. No. Nope. I don't know what Green Arrow is. <laughs> no one does. How do we get this job? Uh, My dad. Ah, come in, come in, yes. Yes, you must be. There's my lovely daughter. Yes, come here, yes. Oh, I'm fine. Ah, ah, to be loved by a daughter. Yes, nothing, nothing as rewarding as the love of your daughter. So, what can I do for you today, my love? Come in, don't be afraid. Oh, did, did you? I, I, asked, uh, I asked him to come with me because I know you've met Steve, so like I'm... Yes, I've met Steve. I've given him this... Yes, all right. I was looking at you like this. Yes, this is a, sort of a glower. All right, yes. We need a job, Dad. Yeah. We need a job so we can move in together. In tandem. Oh. Let's see. I want to give you everything. But in this moment, I'm giving you something that will enable you to do something that I disapprove of. It's a conundrum, if I've ever heard one. Yes, it is a conundrum. It is a conundrum. Yes. So, I will cave. Uh, Yay! As per usual. Wait, wait, what do you mean no? You said no, he doesn't seem to want to move in with you. Or this child. I can't tell what she is. What? Don't what? I don't want Ooh, I, awkward. I, I don't want everything that we do to be given to us by your family. Gold, gold. It doesn't seem right to ask you. Ask your dad for, for handouts every time we need something. But that's what he does. Yes. Oh, there's a gold piece of gold. Thank you. <laughs> oh. mm. I just ate it. I mean, I just, this look isn't going to go away if, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he looks at everybody like that except Because they're less than me. Exceeds. As are you. I am, clearly. We had an ancestor. Hmm. We'd have to go back quite a ways to, 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 to find him, but he was perhaps something like you. He was the one who started everything that made us our massive fortune. He was a visionary. Yeah. He was a, he was a man to be dealt with. He was a man of innovation and, and yes. thinking. Absolutely. And, and he, had, he had perseverance and, and guts and he had all the things. We that owe him everything. We I owe mean, him everything. I want to be that man. You can't be. Why can't I be that because guy? Because he's dead. I want to be that guy, but now, but me. But we already have everything. Yeah, but I don't want to, I don't want to feed into you. I want to feed into me and her. I want her to be separate from you, with me. You want her to be separate from Who would breastfeed her? Well, I mean, they she would have to buy milk and get sustenance from like bread and meat. Oh no! My daughter doesn't buy milk. I had I had a pump installed into my chest. It's all right, all right. It's enough, probably enough breastfeeding for one day. 
I, I feel like you're not going to respect me. And you're not going to let me be with her until I do something on my own. Oh, I could not. No, 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 no. You've got it all wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to pull out a check. Hmm. All right. I'm not going to fuck you. It was, what? <laughs> that, that's where that was going, right? That was not. No, that was not where that was going. Not. Right. How did you get that's where that was going? I just figured whenever rich people pull out checks, they want someone to fuck them. Why would you <laughs> think that? Because I was raised on, in downtown uh, by the Abbey. <laughs> Downtown by the Abbey or Downtown Abbey or Downton Abbey? No, just Downtown by the Abbey. It's Downtown. This is all the people that couldn't get into the parish. And then they just, they went by the Downtown. (laughs) Doesn't anybody understand the difference between Downtown and Downton? (laughs) No, no we don't. Apparently we don't. Alright, this season's worse. This season... Well, 
Jay. So it says on your credit card. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm going to let you write it off your credit card. No, your birthday's July 5th. Why did everyone read my ID? Why did everyone get to see my ID and my credit card? All right, that doesn't mean you know me. You're an organ donor. <laughs> That's also on my ID. <laughs> uh, you're certified to drive a truck, but you know that was. That's just because you just you're listing information that can be found on an ID card. <laughs> All right, that's on my driver's license. Well, your favorite song is. Yeah. All right, good luck here. Get that not on my driver's license. <laughs> favorite song is Rolling Stones. Satisfaction. No, that's not my favorite song. That is your favorite song. I know. I will tell you this: you always tip two dollars. Every drink, even if you get it in direct. That's just good, man. That's just good manners. <laughs> no, well, not everyone has the decency to have good manners these days. All right, again, you're listing things that you found out about me in this bar well, through transactions. You always stay the night to make me coffee in the morning. That's because I drink too much, all right? And you're right, <laughs> a lot. But not tonight, all right? I just buried my father. I don't want to wake up with you. Mm. Hurts, man. Sorry. Shit. It's okay. What? It'll be okay. You won't remember this tomorrow. Okay. Wow. Damn. I know what your dad said. Yes. <laughs> I just, I just told you that. Something I didn't learn from a transaction. You told me that as a friend. <laughs> Not really. I basically said that and then said we weren't friends. <laughs> that's what that. That's how that went. Yeah, but you tell your friends you're not friends all the time. You know. No, like, I don't. Like You've never friend. met my friends. I don't bring my friends here. Right? Here's an escape place for me. Some place you go to to get away from things. Where place everybody you... knows your name. Let's not do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like we may be your friends away from friends. Sometimes people compartmentalize. I come here and get away from my husband. You're married? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 27 years. There's things you don't know about me too. What? See? I'll go again on that. Yeah, I'm, I got way ahead of you. You buried a dad. You are getting drunk today. I have to go. Just my kids. You have kids? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got three. Bobby, Jane, and Steve. <sighs> they, need to get, they need their mom. Yeah, probably do. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was. It's like an angry, flirty gesture. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about your dad. Thank you. Really surprised that married that kids. Some people, you know, some people, they don't put everything on their IDs. That's not something you would put on your ID. <laughs> on your ID. See ya. Never. Sorry about your dad. Shouldn't let her go. Hmm? So you shouldn't let her go. Clearly she cares about you. See, like you shouldn't let her go, like, oh, that's the one, you're gonna let her go. She's married, she has fucking kids. 
We fuck a lot. Yeah. And that's just wrong. And she cares enough about you to not let all of that get in the middle of it. That, I, no, no. That is not caring about me. That is not caring about the people she should be caring about. Hey, hey we, let's not assume that she's a bad mother or bad wife just because she has sex with you. We don't need to assume it. She, she is. On what? By what standard? She's always fucking here. She fucks me a lot. I'm not her husband. They can have an open relationship. You don't know what they go through. Seems like you're projecting a lot of shit right now, man. No, I mean, look, I buried my dad. I want everyone to just keep keep the booze flowing. Shut the hell up. I don't, I don't know your last name. <coughs> I can tell you if you want to know it. No, I don't want to know it. I don't want to know you. Sometimes I'm afraid people don't exist when I don't look at them. <laughs> there you go. That's my biggest fear. Now you know me. That's a stupid fear. That's it. You're you're afraid that they don't exist because you're not looking at them. Yeah. So the whole so you, I, you must be terrified because most of the universe you can't see. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you must be in a constant state of nothing exists. Exactly. Except what's in my direct field of vision. Mm -hmm. Everything behind right now, I'm not sure if it's there. And if you say it is, you could be lying. All right, you're an idiot. You're, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> George, come take a look at the horses. <laughs> look at them frolicking. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Make love. Oh, hi, Mom, Dad. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> the, the horses are frolicking again. Yes, they're frolicking. Yes, I was this close. <laughs> I was this close to fucking this frigid shrew of a mother you have. <laughs> and then you, like, you timed it. You walked up. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Father, you're, you're never out here. You're Why'd you come out here? I just want to say hi. Darling, he loves you. Let him. You know, I stole your mother from a man who called her fat. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, all those years ago. I could have been a different woman. I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry that you got a fat gene. <laughs> You're a fat little man. <laughs> but that's all right, because someday someone will come steal you away from someone else. I just, I, Even though you're fat. Mommy said I'd grow out of it. Oh, oh, that, oh, oh, oh Like oh. she did? No. I just accepted it and moved on. Yeah, I'm move fatter on, than son. that horse out there. Move, move on, son. So Look at that fat horse. Mommy and Daddy can continue getting turned down by the horses. <laughs> now that's a season. That's a fucking season. We did it. As I said! <laughs>